Wait, what was that? What was was that music? What was that? <laughs> what, was, what was that? Uh, uh, nothing. Tuesday, April 5th. April 5th, 4-5. Four, 4-5. Four, four, five. Four, five, one, six. Four, five, one. Uh, close. I know. Uh, on taking pictures, your, your weekly dose dose of uh of silver and light of the number two yeah what no dose oh, oh okay it's like, <laughs> I, was, I was making a oh, pun nobody wants a dose of the number two come on now oh <laughs> all right moving on uh episode 206 206 yeah. getting up there uh <clears throat> bill wadman jeffrey sidoris and hey, but before we were, well, you were recording because you're always recording. But before we did this, <laughs> yeah, uh, we were t- I, the new new episode of Process Driven is is coming up orcs. today, going up today. Oh, going up today. Okay. Uh, yeah, it'll go up today. Um, terrific conversation. So your feeds should update uh, later today. But but the reason we were talking about it is I each of us use uh, logic and each of us have our our own. Um, the, the ironically named logic. Right. Yeah. No <laughs> kidding. Uh, each of us have our own kind of kind of niggles about the workflow or some of the tools and logic. So so for this episode of PD, I I used Reaper. Uh, there was a, a new version, I think I want to say last month, version five. So a big, you know, a whole number release. And uh the Reaper is a DAW that's been in development, I, I think, for about 15 years, uh, maybe a little less. Um, but I wanted to try something else and see if they are all the same. Are they different? Are they all and, equally bad? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so far, I, I really like Reaper. I like the shortcuts. I like the speed of the workflow. Um, it just feels snappy. But it got us to talking about different tools. And, and you pointed out. Um, what was it? Light, light zone, light zone. Yeah. Light zone. Yeah, yeah. So we were talking about different tools for different jobs and, and Bill said, Oh, have you seen this, this other, it's, it's kind of like a, um, almost like a knockoff of light room called light zone. Yeah. For windows, Mac and Linux. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. Put a link in the show notes. Uh, so we, you know, it, it just got us talking about different tools and, and what, what, some of the people use, including you guys as and girls as listeners, um, there is no there is no best tool. There's just the one that you use. Yeah, you know, I'm sure the people that that are beating the drum using Light Zone are like, oh, why would I use an Adobe? Oh, I've got everything I need here. Whatever, and vice versa, and vice versa. Sure, right. Um, but we 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 end up sometimes getting into this thing where where well, this is the standard. So what could possibly be better? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that goes for Lightroom. That goes for the people who are nuts Anything. about Capture One. That yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, although you know, it's funny. I've been doing a lot of um, like big files lately, and I had Photoshop crash on me twice in the past three days, which I haven't really? had Photoshop crash in years. Uh, you know, in in a really was, nasty way. What was the file type? Was it a RAW or was it a TIFF file? What do you do? Uh, it was TIFFs. That you know, it was like. 10 layered tiffs of stuff that I was compositing and cutting out and doing stuff. And I, I went to save it and in the middle of the save crashed and lost since the last time I saved. 
to crash to the desktop or did the, the app just seize up? Uh, crash to the desktop. Like, no way. Lightroom has quit unexpectedly or whatever the hell it says. Wow. And, and it doesn't happen that often. And, and, and it's those things. It's sort of like a lot of people will point to say Photoshop and it's like, the reason why I use Photoshop is because I need to get work done and it's the tool that you rely right, right. on, you know, and, and but it, the whole idea is that it doesn't do stuff like that. Well, and you just said something. You said it doesn't happen that often. 30 years in, should it happen at all? Well, look, there is no such thing as bug free software and they keep no. adding features. So um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the problem is. The question is, is, is it a recent thing that they added? Like, remember, the Lightroom was having some problems recently right. and they put out a bad version of something, you know, Um I, just, I think I, I question the whole rush to market. And that's what that's what the CC program feels like to me. It feels like they've enlisted the users as as we're allowing you to beta test our software. Yeah. yeah. It for, almost, for, for, a, for a price. It almost feels <laughs> yeah. like it should have multiple uh, tracks like Chrome does, where if you want to be on the stable version of Photoshop, you mm-hmm, you have mm-hmm. this. If you want to be on the beta version or the right, bleeding right. edge Nightly features builds or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like that would be a good way to do it. Cause then the people who are just like, like, I don't give a crap about some new feature that allows me to select. I, I just need it to work and it needs to work every time. Right. For those people, they say they could just stay on the stable track, you know? Right. Um, which I think I would probably do because it's very rare that there's a new feature in Photoshop that sort of like blows so my maybe, mind. You know, Maybe the stable versions are, are the dot releases dot one dot two dot three but then if you want to dot download dot two seven two or two seven three those are sort of the, yeah. the the you know beta builds yeah or maybe they you know they they know that we've worked on these features to the point where we know that they're relatively bug free mm-hmm. this is a solid version with none of the features we've added in the last six months because those are still sort of working their way up like make mm-hmm. the whole thing a little more modular right right uh, it, maybe even to the point and I know this is this is crazy pants because there's all kinds of dependencies between stuff, but maybe even to the point where you could go into an interface and turn off the features that you don't use. So it doesn't even See, load those. Modules. I love that. And you and I have talked about that. I, I think that would be great just to be able to tailor the the available tools in the interface to to what you're doing. Don't just reconfigure everything, but but right. really let me dial in what I want to be available to me. I, I do believe though that there's a lot of dependencies that you and I don't even realize and you and Probably. I are fairly like you know s- uh, savvy users you know mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I guess that would be the problem like oh you you uninstalled this module so I can no longer convert to CMYK it's like ah right <laughs> just add them all back <laughs> yeah um, well that it, was that was one of the other things that, that you were saying you asked me how big Reaper was you're like is it really just it's a 14 meg download or 16 yeah, meg download or something and even when it's when it's deflated or unzipped on on the user end uh, the application's only 60 megs yeah whereas how big is how big is logic how big is audition multiple gigs yeah you know yeah. I uh, yeah it's really interesting I mean even but even the tool thing like I um I use Lightroom. I have all of my stuff in Lightroom as like one big catalog, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I was playing a couple weeks ago. I was playing with Capture One because everyone's like, oh, Capture One's so amazing. Capture One's so amazing. So I was like, okay, I download Capture One and I'm start playing with Capture One. And there's a feature to import your Lightroom catalog in because there's sort of a cataloging feature now in the last, I think, two or three versions of Capture One. There's a catalog version because catalog feature. It used to be 
that capture one was all about sessions, you know, like this is right. this particular session. Right. I, th- I believe that changed in version seven. Yeah. Right. So two versions ago. Yeah. And the idea was that, you know, you load up the, you know, I did a portrait session with Jeffrey on this day. So load that session file and there are the pictures of Jeffrey and work on them. And then you close that session, you open up the other session, which is the, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But you um, could end up having hundreds or even thousands of sessions. Right. And you have to kind of remember where stuff is in some mm-hmm. way, in some mm-hmm. deeper way. Um, I guess, I, look, if I had to, I could work that way. I just don't generally think that way. I use Lightroom in a very specific, I go to the Jeffrey folder and there's all the pictures of Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's, it's, it's, I'm very used to that. So anyway, I tried to import my Lightroom catalog, which in the grand scheme of Lightroom catalogs probably isn't that big. It's maybe a hundred thousand photos. You know what I mean? Like it's not, right. it's not ginormous. It's not. And this Bell is going back it. to 2006, seven, something like that. Yeah. This is like every yeah. picture I've so ever that's taken. Not, that's I mean, I not move a stuff, huge library, right? I move stuff out of here into what I call cold storage when it's done. Like, you know, some magazine thing that I know no one ever is ever going to want to use again. I'll take that out of the thing and stick it on a couple hard drives and stick it in the closet, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I tried to bring it in and it was, it, it said it was going to take like seven days or something like that to wow. import these. To and import. I'm like, wow. it's, but it was leaving them where it was. It was just importing the metadata. You think that remember, uh, Jeffrey just showed me how Reaper, when you bring a file, a single file, audio file into say logic, it, brings it in and it takes like i don't know 20 seconds to build the sort of the waveform view might even of, take longer on a on a on a sh- like our show it it takes a bit yeah and so but with this reaper software he dropped it in and by the time he dropped it in and it showed up a half a second later it was it was already there and you kind of think about it and you go yeah it's just grabbing some peak data of like every 24th sample or whatever it is like you know this isn't rocket science of what it's doing and today's computers and everything this should be nothing and in the same way i kind of think about capture one that way and i'm sure there are very technical details of why this isn't possible but grab you know it's like oh this file is over here and i'm just going to grab the basic metadata of it and 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 you know point to a preview like yeah that's right it takes seven days it it feels sort of baffling why exactly You know, and so like for me, I even tried bringing in just sort of like 150 photos. I took of my friend Kent that day, the uh, with the black and white, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. I tried to just bring that shoot in as, okay. I'm just going to bring one folder. And how long does that take? That took like four minutes to bring in. And I was like, okay, done. Hmm. Like, it's like, I don't have time for this. I got to go get work done, you know, Um, and maybe I'll go back to it. But there was a certain sort of uh, it's just it's just a lot of times it's the way you work and the things that you find important, you know, that, that, that kind of work out. So I don't know. I think this Reaper thing is interesting and I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. It, it, like I said, it was, I'm just looking at ways that I can, that I can improve and speed up workflow and, and it was worth giving it a shot. And I, I actually really enjoyed it, you know? So, you know, all, all that to say, if, if you're, if you're in sort of a mode sometimes trying something new can lead to some cool things. You know, sometimes it doesn't, you go back to what you did, but it doesn't hurt to try. Yep. Yep. So we're going to, we're going to, wow, we have a hodgepodge of stuff to talk about today. Oh, and, and not for nothing, but uh, if you are looking for SSDs are so inexpensive right now. Were you buying an SSD? Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm buying another SSD for my windows machine. Oh, and they are, let, let me guess what you got. My guess is that you bought a 256 gig uh, Samsung 850 Evo. Uh, yeah. And it cost you $75. Less. 
How much? But I mean, uh, uh, like 60 something. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> it's amazing that you can get these, these SSDs when just a couple years ago, they were, they were in the hundreds and, and now they've, they've dropped by more than half yeah. in just, in just a, a year or two. Honestly, by the end of the year, which is probably when they'll put out a new 5k iMac, when I'll finally take the, take the dive. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely consider just basically buying a thousand dollars worth of SSDs. Cause at that point it'll be a terabyte for 250 bucks, 200 bucks probably. Right. Right. And they're just, okay, buy $1,000 worth of them and I'll have five terabytes of SSDs. That's fine. Done. You know, there's my storage. Yeah. A terabyte SSD right now is 200 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, are they, did they get that low? Yeah. The Mushkin, um, I think it's, uh, oh man. It's crazy. And you know, uh, there's a, there's a, a, a builder, a windows builder called Puget systems. You know them? Okay. No. They're, um. They're like uh, like a high end Dell. Good. They're like a high end Dell kind of thing, right? Like build your own machine kind of thing. Yeah. And they have a really, really, really great blog, which I'll find a link to and put in the thing, uh, where they uh, they review different stuff. They'll like take a bunch of video cards and use them with hmm. Photoshop to show whether or not a higher end video card ends up, you know, helping uh, speed up whatever app you're using. It's it's it, they're amazing. Anyway, they put up an article the other day on their blog about the reliability of of SSDs of Samsung SSDs. Mm-hmm. They've had zero failures of any wow. Samsung Evo SSDs. They've had two failures of the Pro line, but zero failures of the cheap Evo let, line. Let me, let me ask you this. Yeah. Do, do you think Puget's results are sound? Uh, <laughs> so wrong. <sighs> there's something there's something take, wrong with you. Take, Take a minute. No, I think there actually might be a lot of things wrong with you. Uh, anyway, just uh, right. pretty cool stuff. Anyway, what, uh, dive in. On. What, do, what do we got? Tom from, from Michigan. Tom Hi, Tom. From, wait, uh, who's this Tom from Michigan? I've never right. heard of that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you got? So Tom called in and left a voicemail and uh, as he's wont to do. <laughs> yep. I love and, Tom's voicemails. And he kind of was talking about the whole idea that we were discussing last week about uh, basically being able to concentrate on 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 different creative projects. And he asked whether or not we can multitask because he gets obsessed about a certain thing and he has to finish it before he can move on to the next one. So, you know, can can you do you find it easy to work on your painting and then put that down and go work on process driven and then come do this show and then go write a blog post? Okay. Or or just shifting gears is it, would it be better if if you had your druthers to stick with one of those for 2 weeks and then jump to the next one? I think multitasking for for me multitasking is kind of a misnomer because I when I'm working on something, I'm working on that one thing. I may only work on it for an hour, yeah, or I may work on it for 4 hours or even an entire day. But the idea of working on multiple things at one time, at least for me and the way I understand multitasking, is a misnomer. Um, it's serial, and, serial unitasking. <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, what I routinely do is, is block out my day so that I do give X amount of time to a particular task so that I don't, I don't stagnate. I don't sort of lose focus. So I will you know, go work on one thing for a couple hours and then I'll take a break. Um, I have a timer that, that shuts down my computer, or not shuts it down, but disables it every 45 minutes 
uh, for five minutes so that I have to get up, step away from it, sort of regroup, refocus, go look outside something. And then I come back and work. But, but I, 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 I set up my day so that I am working on multiple things rather than just staying on the same task the entire day. Because for, for me, there, I, I've done that where, you know, I look outside and it's dark because I've been sitting in front of the computer writing code or working on, you know, working in Photoshop or whatever it happens to be. Sure. And I, I don't find that that's efficient creatively for me and nor is it efficient uh, just in terms of, of, of what I need to get done or what I try to get done. So I do, I do tend to mix things up and, and whether that's multitasking, you know, I guess that's up to you, but I don't see it as multitasking because at the, at the, at any given moment, I am only focusing on one thing. But if you, let's say you blocked out two hours to work on one of your painting things this morning and, and you're two hours into it and it's really going well, will you shift the schedule around or will you say, no, those are my two hours? No, I will adjust. And I've had to do that whether, you know, think things have gone down rabbit holes deadlines or yeah, deadlines happen. But as a rule, I, I don't like spending all day on the same task. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, you? uh, you know, when you just said where you, you, you will look up and, and it's nighttime and you're just like, mm-hmm. Oh, where the hours go. Mm-hmm. I, I like that <laughs> mm. uh, because there's, there's a lot of time when I have a hard time really getting down and digging into stuff. So the times when I lose, if I lose time working, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a good sign, not a bad sign for me. Cause it means that I'm really down with what I'm doing and I, I will naturally I get up to pee and go, you know, get something to drink and come back. But it's sort of like, Oh, I don't even want to leave. Okay. Go pee, go get the thing. Okay. Back. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's less of a, I have less of a metered way of looking at it and more of a, if I'm in the flow, I'm going to ride it out. And if I'm right. not in the flow, I'm going to try to find a way to get into if, the flow. If it's a flow state, I, I can completely agree with that. Yeah. But you have also experienced, as have I, and and we've talked about this, where you're trying to find that one semicolon because a piece of code that you've written doesn't work. And yes. it's and you have to and, walk away. And you end up spending six hours you know, on something that should have taken five minutes, but yeah. you just couldn't see it. And then you and, and I send it to the other person. The other person goes, and goes it's right there on lunch. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, so things like that, yeah. losing time that way, I end up getting frustrated and spun up about it. Yeah, uh, that's a waste. You know, um, but, but if you're in that flow state, again, these things that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, if you're in that state where you feel like, like you're just humming along, yep. then uh, yeah, I, I I will give myself more more leeway in that in that in that sense. I also have a weird thing where um, if if I'm doing a number of, I almost have to get above a certain threshold at which I can multitask. And I'm putting that in quotes because you're right; there it's not really multitasking; it's sort of juggling. You know, right? Um, yeah, creative juggling. Right. Where I can't. Uh, uh, I can I can work on a number of things at once, but if I'm doing it at like a medium speed, in fact, juggling is actually a really good way of doing it. It's hard to juggle slowly. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like like throw one, throw the other. It's like gravity keeps it at a certain pace, right? Right, um, right. Where and and with 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 stuff I'm working on, if I'm working on a number of small things and none of them are really interesting me. 
and I'm working on them, I'll have a really hard hard time doing it. If I'm right. really engaged in some project, like I've been, I've started this new thing and it's 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 exciting me, and I'm busy doing it. But if I'm busy doing that, I'm kind of like, bring it on. And I'm like asking for the world to, to like, give me harder things. It's like, add another ball to the juggle. I can take it, you know, right, like right. once I'm juggling, it, I almost want more things to juggle. And mm-hmm. I find that the work that I do on those things that are, you know, when you see people juggle and they're doing an apple and they take bites out of the apple as they're juggling. Yes. Amazing to me. It is amazing. But I, I see that and I go. Oh my God, that's, that's sort of the, the creative equivalent of that for me. If, if while I'm doing this big project and whatever it is, somebody's like, Oh, I need this portrait for whatever it is. I f- sometimes feel like that portrait might be better now than if I w- didn't have a whole bunch of other things on my mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I'm in the groove, something like that, I might do it even better, even though I'm not spending as much time on it because I'm sort of like rocking and rolling. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. 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 Um, and so, uh, so it's, it's interesting. It's like, if, if I'm not really moving, it's hard for me to juggle, but like, if I'm juggling a lot of things, I'm kind of like, bring it on. I, I don't know why that is. Um, it's just sort of the way I think, uh, well, it's, I, it's I almost almost feel like empowered. A, yeah, it's like a water finding its own level. Yeah, you know, yeah. If 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 three or four of the things that you're working on, you feel like they're really gelling, that new thing has to sort of rise to those levels at least, or it gets lost. Yeah, and I and I also think that there's a confidence angle to it. Like if you're working on something and it's going really well, you're kind of like, oh, if I could do that, I could do anything. What else you got, mm-hmm, world? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and 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 that kind of stuff feeds on itself. Yeah. Um, so, I, I think I think you're exactly right. I mean, I I uh, I, I will say that this latest painting that I finished, I've got, you know, four paintings planned out and rough, really crappy, like sort of Joe McNally lighting diagram that we were talking about before, kind of like those kind of six sketches of three more because of how this one turned out. I was very happy with it. And it, it sort of inspired, you know, other areas that I want to go in. Right. So yeah. to, to your point, the other things have kind of, have kind of raised up. You know, yeah, it, it suddenly the things that seem so daunting or so mysterious or you didn't have an idea for suddenly all spring forth from the fact that something was clicking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and 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 that's why, like for me, doing a lot of planning for like larger sets of things is really hard for me because it's like I have no idea how it's going to end. Yeah. I need to sort of just get into it and that will feed on itself and then it'll end up somewhere. It might not end up exactly where I initially imagined it but that's okay that's sort of that's the that's the gig you know right right um and maybe the people who can visualize the beginning to the end of a project all in one fell swoop and then stand there and then execute it maybe that's a special kind of person but it isn't me you know right um, right it's uh, i think i have been that person but in different contexts i think in in you know when you're in more of a commercial environment uh, and maybe you were this way in in the ad game too, where yeah. where you you have to have the steps laid out because nobody's going to trust you to just show up and do it. True, but I think that that whole world is structured in such a way that that it, it sort of lends itself to that. It's almost got like the um, the 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 scaffolding already exists, and you're sort yeah. of putting it yeah. in pieces, you know. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. It, but for creative stuff, it's like you got to rock and roll. Anyway. Yeah. Tom from Michigan, y- yes, I think both Jeffrey and I can work on multiple things at, at once, quote unquote, even mm-hmm. though we're sort of jumping between them. But I actually find that exciting. 
I don't mm-hmm. find that overwhelming. Um, I don't. I don't think I find it overwhelming. Yeah, there are people who do. I, I, yeah, I, I'm yeah, not yeah, saying yeah. you and I. Uh, there's some people who just like I, I just want to work on this one thing. Oh, you need me to pull me over there? Oh, that's too much. You know, like I need to. I want to finish this one thing and then move on to the next. Right. Um, I I like juggling. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Hey, may I, may I make a I request? Like juggling. You're going to make a request? May I make a request? Sure. Uh, I've got, as I mentioned, some new stuff in the works, and uh, it, it it revolves around um, uh, espionage and propaganda <clears throat> set kind of during the Cold War. And I've been I've been collecting vintage ephemera. Um, I've, I'm in a couple bid things on eBay for Russian passports from like the 1930s and 1940s. Cool. If, if anybody out there has some vintage paperwork, uh, that they would be willing to part with, would you let me know? Um, you know, documents, passports, um, Does it have to be Russian or could it be like no, no, no. Eastern, Eastern no, European kind of no, stuff? No, it doesn't have to be Russian at all. Uh, and in fact, the, 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 the series will, will expand beyond that. I just happen to be in this mode where I'm sort of fascinated with Russian propaganda and, sure. and that sort of cold war dynamic that, that at least I experienced in the eighties. Um, so if you've got like old photographs, old, you know, that, you, that you'd be willing to either, either scan or, or part with the originals, let me know. And, uh, and, and we can go from there. Thank you. Uh, yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, my my mother is uh, leaving for the airport right now as we speak. She just as sent me she sent me an email to tell me that that she loves me. Bill's mom is in Thailand. She's in Bangkok right now. Bangkok, Thailand. Flying to Beijing, flying to JFK. That's a long flight, man. Beijing to JFK is thirteen and a half hours. That's a long flight. That's that's you know in the first three hours you've done everything you could possibly do on an airplane. Uh huh. You've you've watched the movie, you've eaten, you've gone to the bathroom, yep. you've done everything, and now you've got ten hours left. Then you're in purgatory. Yeah, Yay. in the sky. What, what is the what's the the um, what's it called the Louis C.K. thing? You know the whole. Oh yeah, people yeah. complaining about why he's like you're yeah. complaining about something you didn't even know existed five minutes ago. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, stupid Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. I hate Verizon. By the way, um, I watched uh, Trumbo. The, uh, oh yeah, uh, uh, with uh, Cranston. Cranston. Yeah, Brian Cranston. Uh, yeah, as as Dalton I understand Trumbo. He is terrific. He is fantastic. I actually quite liked the movie, and it's a movie about uh, well, the blacklist, you know, in, in the right. in the forties, fifties, right. and early sixties. But but are you or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? Uh, it's a good question. What what did you say when you were on the stand? <laughs> uh, but, I, think, like, I think I pled the fifth. <laughs> but it's why I'm not working in Hollywood anymore. <laughs> But uh, it, what I what I liked about it is that it was a movie about screenwriting, essentially, mm-hmm. and it was actually a really well written script. So mm-hmm. you know, it sort of it, it lived up to the promise of of the idea. You know, um, but yeah, good movie if if you like it. It's interesting. It got apparently it got mixed reviews. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was wonderful. I thought the whole thing was pretty darn great. But anyway, Louis C.K. plays a role in it, which is the reason why it popped okay. into my head. Right. And he's no, quite good. Yeah, I like Louis. Um, yeah, you should, you should, uh, uh, he's, uh, he's a hell of a guy. You should watch the movie. Um, all right. Lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, ESPN, Tim Rasmussen on story pitches that land assignments. Yeah. You know, th- we have talked several times about, uh, pitching stories, the idea that photographers just get hired to sort of play out what's already been decided. We, we already yep. know what we want. We just need you to do it. 
Yep. And I, I thought this was this was terrific. In essence, it's it's sort of the opposite. Um, Tim Rasmussen is uh, is uh, ESPN's DP, director of photography digital, and in this article talks about what he's looking for. And it is narrative. It is narrative based. He, he, he says in this article, uh, looking for community based sports stories and stories with a human interest angle, quote, where sports crosses social lines, end quote. Uh, as examples, Rasmussen shared ESPN pieces, a story Gary Melendez photographed and reported on uh, the community all-star baseball league, which preserves and celebrates the love of baseball within the black community in Georgia and South Carolina. Yep. Uh, Bill Frake's story on the six man high school football team in Cody, Nebraska, which includes almost every boy in the school and Preston Ganaway's story published on ESPNW on a young transgender woman living in a shelter in San Francisco who plays soccer, who plays on a soccer team for the homeless. So uh, yeah, yes. these are these are people who are the, photojournalists who aren't just taking pictures, but are actually coming up with the story that they then pitch to. SM. Right, right. Which I th- I I just thought was a terrific spin on some of the doom and gloom that keeps coming out about how the photography industry is being gutted and how uh, you're just a hired gun and you're just there to do somebody else's creative work. I, I just thought this was a a really nice. Uh, uh, sort of spin on that, uh, saying that narrative does matter, and and you are more than just clicking a shutter button. You no, know, uh, I agree with that entire side of it. Uh, I I will say that it's, I mean, not that this this has always happened, right? People photographers have always pitched work to magazines. That's kind of mm-hmm. like part of the, part of the game. Um, they don't always say yes to the stuff that you pitch, but you know, pitching is is part of the part of the game. I will say though that if a guy spent a month traveling around South Carolina, taking pictures of black baseball players and sells it to SI and, and makes a thousand dollars from the gig. That's not a good way to make a living. So there, there is a certain economic element of it, yeah, which and is still I, I really tough. I'm not making comment on, on the economic yeah. side yeah. of it, more the creative side, of but it. yeah, the creative side of it. Absolutely. Especially for the for, sort of photojournalism thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say that I, I think that the zeitgeist right now is very much of this. You need to come up with. I think that the human interest thing is an element of all of this and a big part of 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 storytelling. I, I, sometimes I think nowadays with the current zeitgeist, it seems to be the only storytelling, you know, what, what does what you know how does how do the people involved with this feel about this as opposed to having a photojournalistic thing that isn't about a particular person's story you know uh this is very much where the world is right now when it comes to journalism do you see what i'm trying to say yeah i i do and i i think for for me i think that's a good thing yeah i, think, I know i think s- telling stories and and creating narrative and creating connection mm-hmm. uh Richard Cochi Hernandez, who I've mentioned several times on yep. the show, has a new book out, uh, and I think it just came out. It might not even be out. It might be still in in kind of a, like a pre-order type thing. Uh, it's called The Principles of Multimedia Journalism. And Cochi teaches, I want to say at Berkeley. I think he's teaching at Berkeley. Uh, and, you know, Emmy Award winning journalist uh, working with Dai Sugano uh, was really instrumental in pioneering the San Jose Mercury News multimedia journalism program that did some fantastic work and, and was one of the first newspapers to really embrace 
uh, new media, multimedia journalism, telling stories with audio and video, not just still photographs. Yep. And uh, uh, so, you know, I, I think there is a, a growing market for this type of storytelling if it's done well. Yeah. And that's the caveat. It has to be done well. Remember when we didn't we look at some uh, analysis of the the viewing habits of people looking at stories that had pictures and video and text yes. and whatever. Yeah, it is? that was a several uh, what five or six episodes ago. I think. I think it might be longer than that. But but it, but the, the amount of people who clicked on videos is actually pretty small, wasn't it? When, yes. When we were doing that. Yeah. When you're clicking and see, and that's I think that's the distinction is is if it's done in a way where it's integrated into the story. That's that's different than just here. Click this video. Yeah, right. But even but yeah. And I, it's, it's like I wonder how we get people to I think a lot of times people are in a position to watch a video with sound They're You know, if you're, if you're essentially reading a magazine on the train and don't have headphones in and, and and you have to click on a thing to watch a video, you know, I think there's a lot of situations where video is uh, it's both an efficient way of of transmitting information but it's not always a handy way of transmitting information you know mm-hmm. not always right for the for every situation um interesting though i it, it was a good article tim rasmussen i like uh i like the idea of of uh pitching ideas a friend of mine shot a whole series a while back of really good stuff that i can't really talk specifics about but pitched it to new york magazine new york times it was a very new york centric thing and they all passed on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this is also very much a, a, a you know, a shell game. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's I mean, the same you don't, thing. You don't know. And, and you, you don't know what's going to get picked up when, when uh, the story yeah. in the January issue of Smithsonian Magazine about the, the World War II veteran that, uh, that Dan Winters shot. Yep. All sorts of people passed on that. Yeah. And this is, this is, you know, this is Dan Winters and he's pitching this story and a ton of people passed on it. I won't say who, but, you know, it was ultimately Smithsonian that that uh, that went ahead with it. But even they were sort of on the fence about it. Yeah. And he said, look, just just let me go shoot the story. Let me go get this story. And I, I promise you're going to like it. Yeah. And it was almost kind of an off the books thing where where the the editor was just kind of like, well, all right, go ahead and do it and we'll we'll figure out. We'll, we'll see if we'll we'll yeah. see. You know, and ultimately it turned into I think it was an 18-page uh editorial that he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's the um uh I shot the corner pictures of oh, what the hell is her name? Uh remember the the girl who did the uh cowgirl in Oregon story on Medium remember we talked about oh, it. Oh, right, you, right, you right, right. A uh, Gabrielle Herman, I think her Gabriella Herman, that's what mm-hmm. her name is. Um, and even when I was talking to her, she was like, you know, the original idea that we shot this for, I think it was for Cosmo. The original idea was the writers. And then we went and, sh- and shot for a couple weeks out there and then we brought it back and they ended up running the pictures with captions, but without the story. And then, you know what I mean? Like it ended right, up being like, right. it ended up being something very different than they initially expected it to be. And that's, you know, that's part of the game too. You just kind of got to go with the flow, but it's, it, what's interesting is that those stories are generally not told, you know, like all you're seeing is the end result, which is the thing in ESPN or whatever it is. But there's, there's a lot of stuff in, in between there that, that changes the dynamics of the whole thing. Right. Um, interesting stuff though. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, uh, people who went and did crazy stuff, this, uh, 
man, it seems like every year some photographer goes to Pripyat and takes pictures of what's left of the Chernobyl area. Well, this is interesting. It's 30 years. Yep. Okay. So, so this month marks the 30 year anniversary of Chernobyl, of the disaster at Chernobyl, April, April 26, 1986. Yep. Creepy. Uh, and I mean, the, the statistics here, listen, to this. more than 50 reactor and emergency workers were killed. Authorities evacuated 120,000 people, including 43,000 from the city of Pripyat. And uh, let's see, uh, Reuters reports that a huge recently completed enclosure called the New Safe Confinement, the yep. world's largest land-based moving structure, will be pulled slowly over the site later this year to create a steel-clad casement to block radiation and allow the remains of the reactor to be dismantled safely. Yeah, so the, when when the reactor originally blew up, they basically uh, covered it in concrete blocks very hastily. Uh, yeah. in, in the year after and that's leaking and has all kinds of problems and weather is getting to it. So they've built this giant structure. The problem is, is that it's still so radioactive that they can't build the structure. They can't take the time to build the structure over right. the reactor. So they're building it like a quarter mile away and then they're going to slide it over the top of it when they're done. It's like, it's amazing. The idea that they're actually going to pull this off. Um, they've been doing it for years too. this, this yeah. stuff. Yeah. There's a really, there's a really amazing documentary, which let me make a note of it. Um, there's a really amazing documentary about the, the, the hours and days after Chernobyl where, uh, where they were sending people up on the roof in essentially, uh, sheets of lead and steel and iron hung over their necks with, right, with right, bailing right, right. wire. Yeah. Almost like a sandwich board. <clears throat> Yes, exactly. Yeah, to, I remember that. To go shovel off chunks of the reactor that were so radioactively hot that you, you know, you, 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 they went up on the roof once, they picked up a piece with a shovel, they threw it over the edge back into the reactor pit, and then they got off the thing, and then they were done. They did it once each. Mm -hmm. And they still, a bunch of them got cancer, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah. there was a guy who went up on the roof with them and took some pictures with a Leica, and in, in his photos, I mentioned this before, his photos actually have streaks coming up, like coming up from the bottom from radioactivity was was fogging the film, but only in streaks because the sprockets on the oh, film they blocked they blocked it blocked it wow and and he shows it in the in the movie and it's actually like you know he was using some Leica or whatever it is so it had like nickel or steel sprockets and or brass and it blocked it so there was just the streaks went up between the sprockets on the film it was it was like amazing sort of film nerdery stuff right but, uh, I'll right. see if I can find that documentary because it's fascinating if you're into this. Yeah, uh, very so cool pictures. This, this is the, in the Atlantic. Um, take a look, and then piggybacking on that uh, is is a site called Abandoned America, Creepy. and I'm sure there are European equivalent sites or Asia equivalent sites or you know whatever. But th this is uh, the the site is just dedicated to. It's called Abandoned America: An Autopsy of the American Dream. Uh, abandoned. Do you think do you see this as like abandoned porn? You know what I mean? Like there are people know. who are that, really into this kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that that gets that gets thrown around a lot, but I do find it fascinating. Um, yeah. It's a lot of places too that have been reduced, right? Like uh, a lot of this stuff, th th these places wouldn't really happen. Like there are a few places on islands around New York City that are like this, but really, New York is just too big and rebuilds itself too fast to have a lot of this stuff. Where places like Detroit 
and Gary, Indiana, and places that are sort of shrinking over time. I, uh, I think Detroit's going to make a comeback. I think Detroit is going to surprise us all. And who? What are they going to do there? I, don't, I just think it's it's going to it's going to come back. There are a lot of people moving back in. There's there's a, a tremendous art community building, music community building. I, I, I'm pulling for you, Detroit. Uh, I am as well, but uh, you know it's it's uh, it's going to be hard. But wow, there's a picture on the homepage of this thing of these Boston Tea. Uh, that's a that's a Green Line Boston Tea. Like in the woods. I don't know where the hell that is. I got to find that. Pretty wild, right? Yeah. These, these anyway. things kind of freak me out a little bit. They make so, me uncomfortable. There's also a book, uh, the guy the guy or girl who's uh, Matthew Christopher. So guy that's running the site. Uh, there's a, a book, Abandon America, Dismantling the Dream. He might be fun to talk to. Uh, can, I, can I just uh, give a, a plug for a really nerdy thing? <laughs> Did you ever? Sure. You ever been to ForgottenNewYork.com? Uh, no, <laughs> forgotten dash ny.com. And it is like this nerdy guy and he shows you everything. Like he has entire sections of the site defi- like, uh, all about signs on certain buildings and how hmm. they got there and, and, and where, when they went up and when the part of it got turned down and roads and streets that don't exist anymore, but the, 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 the street signs are still up, you know, because of the way they like cordon wow. things off and, it is like Kevin the rabbit Walsh. Hole. Is that is that the guy behind the site? Uh, could be, yeah. yeah. He, uh, um, yeah, Kevin Walsh. He is. Okay. It is like the. If if you want to go down rabbit holes, their whole section on the subway is fascinating. Like hmm. subway stations that don't exist anymore, but like somehow they got access and took some pictures and and wow. why certain signs still exist on certain branches of the subway because they used to be part of some other thing and like all this kind of crazy stuff. Hmm. Um, it is uh fantastic forgotten yeah, add, add that dash in ny.com it is one of those things you just get lost in. there are equivalent things for other cities um but uh but it's really really good forgotten ny um maybe we should uh, talk about our sponsor since what we're, uh, what if i wanted to build a a new website for all this forgotten stuff you know if forgotten ny had built their website on squarespace <laughs> We would, we would have a uh, much nicer looking website. I don't know. Well, come on. I don't know about that. <laughs> His site's pretty awesome, actually. His site's in, pretty awesome. In that like old school 1997 way. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to search the site for blinking text. Yeah, keep looking. Keep looking. It's there. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this episode of On Taking Pictures is brought to you by Squarespace. Uh, if, if you have the passion that you obsess over, Jeffrey, do you have passion that you obsess over? Uh, one or two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Have we met? I'm Bill. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, if it keeps you, does it keep you up at night, Jeffrey? Yes. Do you live for it? You, you, you should really show it off. Uh, I do, but only in very small doses. Well, with easy to use tools and templates, Squarespace websites help you capture every detail of what drives you because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. Uh, you know, they've got, these beautiful websites with professionally designed uh, templates that look great, regardless of your skill level, you don't have to go in and work on any code, but if you want to make little tiny tweaks, you can go add little CSS snippets, or you can get into their developer platform and start from scratch. If you really want to, uh, the tools that you use are easy and intuitive and, 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 and point and click and drag and drop. It's like, it's, it's, it's how web design should have been for the past hundred Jeff, remember using past, what was it? were you going to say the past hundred years for the past hundred years? Yes, I don't. I don't know when was uh what was the Microsoft uh, front page front page 
Yes. Yeah. You are correct, sir. Uh, yeah, it's it's what you wanted from front page 20 years ago, uh, but now it front actually page exists. was awful. Yeah, it was, it was good for its time. Uh, no, it wasn't even good then. Well, Squarespace actually is, has actually has this figured out. Who would have ever thought we'd figure out how to make websites without coding? Squarespace has actually done it. So go free, start your free trial today at squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code OTP to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for on taking pictures. Uh, thank you very much to Squarespace for supporting five by five and on taking pictures. The, you know, I, uh, I use Squarespace for my own site. I use Squarespace for the, well, the ask bill and dance. I use Squarespace for the, uh, photocomputerguide.com. And I had another one. Oh, for our, for our wedding, we used one, which was excellent too. Worked out perfectly. Uh, so Squarespace is my go-to when I need to build a new website and it should be for you too. I'm I'm scrolling through the templates. They, they've I like their. Have their they added new, any new ones? Yeah. Uh, yes. Looks like is Mercer new? Looks like Mercer's new. That's a nice um, name, Mercer. Looks like Emon, E A M O N. I like the display of them though. Like they've got the all white. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Looks like a like a white iPad, white iMac, white MacBook Pro. White, oh, I see what you're you saying. Know. It's it's kind of kind of neat the way they've done it. Oh yeah, look at that. It's nice, right? Yeah, look at that. Of course, they showed off on Max. York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we got lots of stuff to get to. Uh, I, so, okay. What, what you, are we at on? on t- our, what's, what's our What's our time? What's our number, man? What's our like, number? Uh, we are at in forty minutes right now. So we're yeah, fine. So we've got another two hours to go. We're yeah. good. Uh, you put this one in. I read it. I thought it was pretty interesting, and uh, I thought that this guy. Uh, it, it, I like this guy's better pictures better than um, McCurry's pictures of of uh, of of India in some ways. Interesting, different different look on the same kind of place, you know. Right. The, the article it's a New York Times Magazine uh, article, which if you're not if you're not following New York uh, consistently, the New York Times Lens blog is terrific, and New York Times Magazine regularly puts up some some pretty cool stuff. Um, and this one is called a too perfect picture a2 brute right <laughs> uh and the the, the i, I kind of love the opening line uh you know a steve mccurry picture when you see one it's true which i think is true yep i think by and large if if you are a photography buff or or hobbyist or aficionado there's there's definitely a recognizability of of mccurry's photographs he has a uh certain feel to his images yes yeah uh, McCurry's work is stark and direct with strong colors, a clear emotional appeal and crisp composition. Especially his, when he used Kodachrome. Right. Uh, his most recent volume of <laughs> photographs, India, is a compendium of the pictures that he took in the country between 1978 and 2014. And it also gives us the essential McCurry. There are Hindu festivals, men in turbans, women in saris, red-robed monks, long mustaches, large beards. You get the idea. Yeah. Um, but I think I think... To your point, are are they not caricatures? Uh, they're stereotypes, I think. Yeah. Uh, has has can your photographs become become too representative of a place? Yeah. Or or cherry picking. It, it, okay. Can can we can we compare and contrast against like Avedon West pictures? American sure. West pictures. Sure, sure. You know, where where Avedon, 
yes, a few of them were, oh, that person's really interesting. Let's go take their picture. But there were also casting people who went out there looking for people for him to shoot the next day, you know. Mm -hmm. So there was definitely a is is that what people looked like in the early 80s in the American West? Well, those people did. But it's not like that's the average person there where I think McCurry does this similar kind of thing in India. He's looking for the odd man out who has the crazy beard or, you know, the yellow tint on his skin for some religious ceremony or what what have you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um uh, I, I guess the, the compare and contrast with this is with this. God, I'm going to get the name wrong. Can you try the name? Where are you at? Rag Hubir Singh. The other photographer. Uh, I think that's probably cl- pretty close uh, or it might be Raj. Raj Hubir Singh. Yeah. OK, there you go. That's better. Uh, where you could argue that his pictures are more real in the sense that that that's probably what you'd see more when you if you if you got off a plane in Mumbai now. Then, so is it is it accurate versus representative? Is that the distinction? I mean, this is you know the 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 shot of McCurry's below him of the Taj and the two guys on the front of the train. Yep. You know, you you might see that shot if you wait there, but you might not. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's it. I mean, compare that with the picture at the top of the people just getting on the bus, right? Right, right, which, right, right. Which is a beautifully composed shot by Singh and and excellent, but is probably more the real world. I, I mean, can you go? Can you go authentic? Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm just putting these out there. These are not the words I would use, but I'm just using them as a signpost for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Authentic versus contrived. You know, where McCurry's trying to make India fit into his frame where Singh is trying to put a frame around his India? Well, it's see okay. Is it the difference between hmm, is it the difference between a local shooting India and an outsider shooting India? Maybe. Is is it the difference between a local shooting Detroit or someone going to simply document dilapidated buildings? Is it, you know, it, it, what's what's the intent? Yeah, but at the same time you have Robert Frank coming from whatever Switzerland taking yeah. what a lot of people consider the quintessential book of American photography. Yeah. You know. Um so yes, you're right, but I but I don't I think that it's a case by case basis. I mean, but if but I think these two guys are a very good example of comparing and contrasting two very different ways of looking at the world, you mm-hmm. know. Um and it just shows you how different that place can look to two different people. Right. You know, um, I mean, I, I mean, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, even, even when you came to New York, I mean, you can frame New York a hundred thousand different ways, you know, sure. and that's part of why people like New York so much as photographers, as street photographers, especially. Um, but, but I think places, especially places like India where, I mean, uh, Chris Connors and I went and saw this McCurry show. Mm-hmm whatever it was two months ago, three months ago. And it was really good. The photographs were amazing. Most of them were incredible, but they, they did feel like a very uh, selective slice of mm-hmm. the reality mm-hmm. that was India. It, it's sort of it, the greatest hits. Yeah. And, 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 and it, it was trying to make it feel exotic. You right. know what I mean? He, I mean, he was trying to connect with these people on a human element and it's interesting because in the article they talk about how he always has the people's eyes looking in, you know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. wide-eyed, uh, usually marked with some peculiar peculiarity, uh, pale irises, face paint or snake around the neck. He's he's basically saying 
these people are like you, except that they're not because they carry snakes around. You know, like, <laughs> right, right, you know right. what I mean? And, and uh, you I'm just sounded just... like Gene from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> I, I try not, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and, and I'm not disparaging McCurry at all. I'm just, I'm just using it as a, I'm caricaturizing, caricaturizing. I'm making a caricature of McCurry for the purposes of our conversation, but, right. but, but, but that I think that that's an element of it where he's he's trying to tell a story and and any photojournalist who's going to a new place you're I mean I go to Italy or I go to Paris I'm going to try to take pictures that make you feel like it's what it's like in Paris if right. if all I do is show you a a a, a case of Coca Cola sitting outside of a store it's like well it's Coca Cola Coca Cola is everywhere you know right. but right. if I show you some Parisian restaurant that's been there for two hundred years you know then oh look it's Paris you know. Um, so I think we're always I, I, looking for that kind of thing. I guess I, one of the questions I have is it is, is art, is the photographer showing us his or her view or, and, and this is a question maybe for, for any photographer, is it, is it, is it authentic? Is it, is it his or her view of India in this case? Yeah. Or is it, is it the view that we want the viewers to take away or even worse. Is it the, is it the view of India that he, that his audience expects? Because sure. His audience. Yeah, that's another, many, that's another layer. Sure. His, his audience for many years was Nat Geo. Right. And National Geographic magazine wants the Afghan girl. They want the guy with the crazy beard. They want the, right. the whole National Geographic thing, which may be part of the reason why National Geographic has imploded for lack of a better word is because the world has moved on from this concept of the exotic, which is what a lot of that photography was about. And it was beautiful photography, but it was right. definitely about, hey, you're never going to be able to go here, but look how people live in this crazy right. whatever. Right, right. You know, that was a lot of the game. And so maybe McCurry was shooting what they wanted him to shoot in some right. way, you know? Well, and it's, like I said, it's interesting to see intent and perception. Yeah. You know, I some of the most beautiful and compelling images I've ever seen of India, never having been there, uh, are from David Dushman, who, who takes a different approach to the way he photographs. He, his photographs, to me, feel more personal. They okay, feel yeah, more, yeah. more um, uh, in the place, not of the place. Or maybe, maybe I've got those backwards, but they feel more authentic in some way. And I, okay. I can't quite put my finger on it. Maybe because David tries to, and I'm not saying that Steve McCurry doesn't because I don't know him, but but I know that David really does try to immerse himself in a place and become sort of one with that place and present what what he sees and finds interesting, not necessarily what's going to look good in a calendar. Well, also, I mean, to, to your point of, of McCurry is visiting where Singh lives there. Yeah, right? sure, sure. So, you know, the, 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 the picture of the guys getting on the bus, the, 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 the sort of hero shot of the article, th that maybe is his world every day versus, you know, it, and he also has the ability to have a camera on him for years being mm -hmm. there as opposed mm -hmm. to a couple weeks every few years. Right. Um, which is a different way of looking at it and arguably a more realistic way. I I also think that, that maybe Singh's version of it leads to less division and 
eh, I'm going to go this far racism, you know, sort of, and I don't mean racism necessarily is like a, like this negative thing, but sort of this separateness, you know, like mm-hmm. we're here and they're there and, 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 and we're different people. It's all just like, you know, it's people trying to get on a bus. People do that. You know, it's like the, the videos of people in Tokyo getting smushed onto the train. Right. You know, it's like, well, that technically happens everywhere except in DC when they shut down the entire subway for like three years to fix it. Um, <laughs> What, you know what when, I'm did they, when did they do that? I don't know. They're talking about it. Did you, have you been reading about like the mess that is the DC Metro now? No. Oh God. They're like, they're discussing all kinds of crazy things, like shutting it down for weeks at a time to do all kinds of repairs and stuff. And it's like, you can't shut down the mass transit system of a large metropolis. Like, wow. Because, you know? Yeah. It's like, come up with a better plan. You guys are shut down for five, six hours a day. Do it at night. You know, like what? You know, it's not like New York where it never closes and you have to figure out some other way of doing it. Anyway, whatever. Long story short. Anyway, go check out the article. I think it's I think it's interesting the way they look at it and they do a good job of sort of comparing and contrasting the two. Um, you have anything else to say? Uh, no. <laughs> now you're looking up articles on the DC Metro. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. This was this is good. Just go check it out. Link in the show notes. Um, and if you've got feedback on any of this stuff, we'd love to hear it. Whether, whether you think we're... Jeffrey would love to hear it. No, I'm just kidding. I would love to hear wow. it. Wow. Uh, <laughs> podcast at on... I would love... You know what? Yeah. Go ahead. Just email me directly. Yeah, yeah bring it up. Uh, podcast at uh, ontakingpictures.com or, you know... Or tweet On us. the Twitter, uh, at Jeffrey Sidoris, at Bill Wadman, or you know, on Instagram. I, I've, ever, I've never uh, private message, direct message somebody on Instagram. Do you get a lot of those? I get a fair number, yeah. Yeah, I get a few and I like I, I get more on Twitter. I get more direct messages. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which so I love. There was an article in the New York Times this week, which I will add to show notes uh, called uh, Why Maplethorpe Still Matters. And and uh, it, apparently it's it's there's a documentary about Maplethorpe, which was on HBO last night, which mm-hmm. I don't have HBO, but I'm going to find it uh, called Maplethorpe. Look at the pictures. And apparently it, it, uh, it premiered at Sundance last year and it's supposedly pretty good. And all the reviews I've read are quite interesting. Um, the, the, the argument in this article, the argument this article makes is that the fact that magazines and newspapers, including the times, it says, you know, even this paper won't show the pictures we're talking about half the time. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that mean, doesn't that imply that his, the work that Maplethorpe made and what he was trying to say is still relevant today? What do you think of that angle? So uh, I'm trying to get at? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I mean, yeah, they're not going to show the contents of of any given issue of Hustler either, and exactly. it's not because it's high art or relevant. It's yeah. I always find it interesting whenever artists in any genre try to shock the world. It's like sometimes it's doth protest too much you know it's like if if you're if 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 what you do is upsetting to some people and you really are just like "Eh, you know what i don't care i i like doing it or whatever it is and it's a free country i'm gonna do it it's one thing but when people actively say i'm looking to shock people Mm -hmm. that always seems to me like okay that doesn't feel very authentic if you're actually trying to shock people as opposed to just making what you make and it does shock people i feel like those are two different things there's there's not I don't know. Maplethorpe is a is a strange bird in that a lot of his pictures, it's it's a gentle nudge to go from Herb Ritz to Robert Maplethorpe. 
Yeah, yeah. A, lo- a lot of them, there, there's a Venn diagram where you couldn't tell the two apart. Yes. Yeah. And and one is seemingly held in much different esteem than the other. Yes, yes. Do you think because one of them didn't ever, never, didn't go so far onto the the more, uh, I guess what you would call pornographic side. Like I'm not the, saying the that sort his of work is pursued kind yeah, of, they're not sticking things up their butts. Right. You know, there's not a lot of Herbert's well, pictures. I, okay. Yeah. And, and I guess I'm not that, saying that that's those pictures are wrong in any way. I'm just, I'm just, no, but those are, that's what gets held up. Sure. Right? Any, anytime we, we talk about Maplethorpe, we talk about, well, there's a whip hanging out of his ass. Yep. Well, okay. So, you know, yep. out of a body of how much work, Exactly. Yeah. There was sure. there there are also and this is this is kind of the, the 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 strange part about about Maplethorpe was I think his conventional stuff is stronger than the stuff that was trying to shock people. It's brilliant. His I I would put a lot of his conventional stuff up with Weston. Yeah, sure. Exploring light and shadow and shape and yeah. form and texture. There's a great um, picture of a flower with its shadow halfway down this uh page on the Maple oh, yeah, Maplethorpe still matters. It's beautiful. Yeah. And you've got the the sort of three levels of gray. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah, yeah it's a great shot. So, you know, I I I think again, Maplethorpe gets sort of vilified for some of the more extreme pieces of his work well and i think he wanted to be the poster boy for that stuff because mm-hmm. but, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater don't no. just because he's doing you know bondage and snm and and more hardcore you know again sort of veering into to, to porn don't discount the fact that he's also able to produce this other body of work that's 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 compelling and beautiful and can yep. hold its own against you know, any number of other photographers that we hold in that kind of esteem. Yes. And, but, but, and I think that that's kind of what bothers me about this article is that it's basically saying he matters because he's still shocking. It's like, well, his shocking work, a, isn't all that shocking. The reason why we're not showing it isn't because we're still shocked by it. It's just because it's a lot of, some of it's in bad taste, like, or, or, or we want kids to be able to read the New York times or whatever, or, or the West has a weird relationship with sex or, you know, I mean, you could go in a myriad ways, right? Sure. But, but I don't think that that's why he is important as a photographer in, in, in back to what you were saying. It's like a lot of his more conventional work or his less shocking work is 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 good on its own right and 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 doesn't need all of that to make it a big deal. However, he definitely within his life was looking for the the publicity and the celebrity that came with being the guy who made the shocking thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so in some ways it's his own fault that that is what he's remembered for because he was doing that in order to be remembered. Yes. Okay. I, I see where you're going. Okay. Okay. So anyway, I, I haven't seen the documentary. I want to see the documentary. I, maybe we can try to find it and you and I can watch it and we can discuss another time. Cause I, you know, I don't want to go too far into it without having enough information, but, sure. but I think that, I think that the article was interesting. The review of the movie looks really interesting. If anyone saw it on HBO last night or I guess as HBO now, maybe I can, well, you know what? We're going to have to sign up for HBO now this month to watch game of Thrones anyway. So Maybe I'll sign up early and 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 watch this. But um, uh, you know, he's I, I a, he's a terrific example of of being able to like a body of work of a photographer, of a painter, of a writer, but not like everything. 
He's yeah. he's a great example of his stuff was so sort of split. There was there's such a a, a difference aesthetically. But I'd love to watch the documentary and see if somebody can get inside of where he was trying to go with the entire body of work. To him, was it all connected? Because I would think that it had to be some way. In his mind. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, or or he was using the shocking stuff to gain celebrity, which would allow him to charge a lot for the more mundane stuff. Like maybe it was all maybe it was all a big, you know, uh, so it was plan like a loss all along. Leader. Yeah. The shocking stuff was a lost leader to get to his series. I don't see it. I don't. Or from, or from what I know of him, which is not a lot, admittedly, that doesn't seem like the case. No, but I but I do think that he reveled in the celebrity that came with it. And I think that was as important director of his work as anything else. Hmm. He liked making work that made people look at him. Hmm. You know, which which is fine. It's like uh, who's who's the guy out in California who does the stuff with actresses and uh, against the white wall. You know, they oh uh, uh, Tyler Shields. Tyler Shields is is yeah. very much the same kind of thing, right? He he's trying to make stuff that gets people to go, oh my god, what did he do with that girl? He put her in piece of vat of peanut butter. You know, it's like right, right. Yeah, he put her in a vat of peanut butter. You know, what crazy thing is he going to do tomorrow? You know, yeah. <laughs> you know? tune in tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's fine. And some of the pictures are amazing, but like, but it almost seems like that's, that's the game he's playing, you mm-hmm. know, which is, which is valid as anything else, I guess. Uh, anyway, we could, we could, let's watch the movie and we'll come back. We'll, we'll wrap around. You want, you want to move this to next week? Yeah. Cause it's, it's, a, it, it's, it's a, a larger one. conversation. Yeah. Okay. Can I, can okay. I tease it a little bit? Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, I'm working on this new series and, um, I had to take pictures. Uh, I took some pictures of a woman on silks, you know, like, you know, the things where they, you climb up the strip of silk and then people wrap around yep, yep. inside of it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I needed to take a plate that I was going to sort of overlay her on. And we were actually at uh, the David Koch theater uh, seeing some of my Taylor dancer friends the other night. Mm-hmm. And um I, I actually threw my back out last Friday and uh, during the shoot, I carried all this stuff to the place where I was going to shoot the woman on the silks and my back slipped out on me and I was like hobbling home. But Yikes. so by that night I, I was like, I need to take this picture in the hall. Dan, can can you bring your camera? My buddy, Dan Gottesman was going to be there. And I said, can you bring your camera? He, you know, he uses a D eight ten a Nikon mm-hmm. and um, oh my God, was it lovely? And the picture, the files are so lovely. And, uh, it you know would, what? I'm not even going to entertain that. I've talked uh, to you about Nikon since I've known you. Yeah. But, uh, in some ways it's not lovely. Well, that's what I'll get to. But the point is, is that it's interesting how, if I ever did switch to another, another camera system, I would buy very differently than I bought my Canon system. And that's kind of what I was, All I was, right. I thought don't, was an don't go into too much more detail. Yep. We'll, so anyway, Save there's that. that. Uh, so I was, I, I got this as an ad, uh, an ad finally worked on me. Damn it. Um, and you're using the wrong blocker. <laughs> uh, and, and an ad finally got to me for this company. I think it may have been a Kickstarter originally, uh, called palette. Have you seen this? I've seen it. Have you, tr- have any, have you known anybody who's actually tried it? No. Okay. Have we talked about this before? Uh, not to my knowledge. No. Okay. So the idea is that there are all these little sliders, knobs, and buttons that click together magnetically and plug into um, your computer via USB ultimately as they're all clicked together into like a, a, a control surface 
and lets you control stuff in whatever app you're using. So be it Lightroom or Logic or whatever else, you can sort of map. It looks like just Lightroom at the moment, isn't it? No, it's no, it's they uh, Lightroom oh, InDesign okay, Final okay. Cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, After gotcha, Effects. Gotcha. Um, so you can basically turn these sliders and rails into, you know, exposure or, or you know, knobs turning things up or down or, or scrolling around. I guess my question for you is, is the company's called Palette. And I, it, they're not cheap as far as I, I know. I, I think it's fairly expensive. Is, is your question, is it dumb? Because yes, is my it, answer. You think it's dumb. That's my yes. question. I think it's, it's You think it's the ridiculous. idea of, of physical controls is ridiculous? That's That's where I was going. No, I don't, I don't necessarily think the idea of physical controls is ridiculous, but I don't know. They, from a design, they, they, they're clunky looking. They look like, like, like video game cabinet buttons from the, you know, In fact, I think, that, that, I think that's precisely what the buttons are. Yeah. I wonder how the dials feel, though. They look pretty heavy. I, I, this is silly to me. Yeah, but the wood why, one okay. looks pretty cool. Why, why, okay. Why what? not just use an iPad mini. Well, the iPad and mini is definitely not a, uh, a, 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 like, see, I feel like even moving sliders with touch is a very different experience than having your hand on a knob. I would agree with that. So I think this is playing into the sort of analog mixer, video game, arcade generation of, of control. Yeah. And I just think it's goofy. I definitely don't think that there's another one called knob room that was out a few years ago. It's a terrific name too. Yeah, yeah. Welcome uh, to the knob room. Uh, that you know, the, basically, they're just using MIDI controllers to map to these things. I, I don't know. I just I think that the idea. Look, it's it wouldn't help me the way I work, but uh, I know that from like audio mixing and stuff. When you have tactile mixing on a console versus mixing on a virtual console inside of logic or what have you rolling back to the beginning of the episode is a very different feel Mm -hmm. to doing it. And I wonder how virtual controls versus physical controls. I mean, it's the same thing on cameras, like Nikon cameras seem to have a button for like, especially the high end ones seem to have a button or a switch for absolutely every function on them somewhere. And they all look and feel different, right? They're all like different shapes all over the place and and what have you. And, and, you know, a Sony camera is essentially like a little computer where you have to like go into menus and change things that way. And they have a very different feel to them when you're holding them in your hands. And to a lot of people that affects what they end up making with them. And I don't know. I, I, look, I, I, I agree with you about a physicality and, and, and uh, the allure of, of a physical surface. I just yeah. think they're poorly designed. Okay. All right. I, I, I feel like, you so know, if somebody came out with a really good one. You might be down with it. I I am maybe I might be at least more willing to look at it, but it just feels really clunky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you, you know? What do you, it feels like like old television parts that they've cobbled together into this goofy thing. Well, I think that is a lot of the that's a lot. And then of they're the, not labeled, so now I got to remember what I've what this yeah, yeah, what yeah, the yeah, middle yeah. knob does instead of the left or the. That's just dumb. Isn't that though? Uh, that's the aesthetic nowadays. Is that is this sort of like nineteen eighties feel? I don't know. You know, it's funny. Shouldn't we be the people who are into this and not the people who are twelve years old? <laughs> you know, because like figure out actually... how to put a little OLED, like a little, you know, keyboard size, you know, key sized OLED display that that shows up what what that actual function is, or or I don't know. Just it's just clunky. All right. 
Looks well, like it belongs I, in Skylab or something. I will. Hey, there's nothing wrong with Skylab. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from 1964. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, probably when they started all that. Yes. Um, I will put a link in the show notes. You guys let us know what you think. I, it's not interesting to me because I don't live in Lightroom, like changing, moving Lightroom things around. Um, but for I mean, somebody who does, I don't know. You're looking at the screen. You're looking at the controls. Now I've got to divert my attention over here to, okay, what? I got to look at, hold yeah, on. Yeah, but there's second. lots of people who have their hands on three different knobs in DaVinci Resolve, like moving color stuff around. I mean, you could, you could, you know, you could have exposure and, and, and white balance and whatever on three different things in next picture. And just like, you know, with one hand, just go, vup, 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 you know, I don't know. I'm just saying people are into that kind of stuff. I'll put a link in the show notes, palette gear. You guys can look and let us know what you think. Uh, what else? You, oh, somebody sent this in. Um, oh, actually, it was my uh, my cousin who sent this in. TJ sent this to me. Hey, an, TJ. Uh, an article from Slate uh, about basically it was it was a, a, a photographer, uh, Sherry Lynn Bear, basically uh, was t- taking pictures of and pictures from surveillance cameras and making these triptychs out of them in different cities, which I hmm. thought was kind of interesting. Like, how, wait, how is she getting access to take them from the cameras? Uh, that's a good question. Let's see. Uh, while watching a show, white collar, love the show, white collar, uh, when she only cause of Mozzie, right? Moz is the best part of that show, right? No idea what you're talking about. You never watched white collar. Never heard of it. Uh, when she noticed the surveillance camera in a scene that was shot at the Whitney Museum a couple of weeks earlier, she photographed the same camera in the same location. She decided to document not only the cameras she saw in real life, but also those that were seen in television, including shows of movies and like The Simpsons, The Lego Movie, and 30 Rock. Oh, so she's pulling them from movies, too. Okay. Interesting, though. Like, the whole idea of how many pictures are getting taken of you every day just from surveillance stuff. Oh, it's a ton. It's insane. I, I'm, you know, it's, it's weird. I, I vacillate from feeling like my privacy is being invaded, but then if I'm walking around down in DC, I feel strangely comforted by their presence. Really? How do you mean? Uh, I just like some weird security thing. Like if yeah. something happens, they're going to figure it out because they've got right. all these cameras. Right. You know, I, I may be in a trunk in Anacostia, but somebody's going to find it because there's Footage of me yeah. being thrown into the van or, you know, whatever it is. Hey, Jeffrey, zoom in yeah. over there. Enhance. <laughs> That's right. Can you enhance? <laughs> I, I, I know it's a VGA camera uh, from a terrible broadcast on a VHS tape, but can you zoom in right over there and find the serial number on that computer in the lower left corner? Yeah. I, you know, I think I remember the exact moment I stopped watching those types of shows and it was when it was a particular enhance moment and they found a reflection of a license plate <laughs> Or, or the license plate in the reflection of somebody's eye. Because the person had happened to be looking over. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you? No, no. Yeah. yeah. Hey, 8K video focused correctly? <laughs> right. Maybe. At night from a $99 security camera? No. Not going to happen. <laughs> no. On, so on VHS tape? Nah. Uh, all right. So I looked at some of the pictures people put up for, uh, the SmackDown. Uh, yeah, we need more. We need more. We need, we need more elements, uh, that can be cut around. Yeah. Uh, we got some, but, 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 but but let's, I, I, I wouldn't mind even more. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're going to include figures of people or animals, like I said, in the, in the, in the group, make sure you include the entire person so we can cut around them. Yep. Don't just yep. don't just go like waist up because that's that's going to be kind of silly. Um, 
uh, yeah, elements that can be cut out. Uh, if, if you guys ever use color forms, you ever use color form? You ever use color forms? That's what we need. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's what we need. So, are color forms the one you put in the oven and they shrink? No, no those, those are those are shrinky dinks. Those are shrinky dinks. Yeah, shrinky dinks. I know color, color forms. forms too. It's color forms fun. Yeah, uh, that's very seventies color forms. Yeah, it is. I I had a set of MoMA color forms when I was a kid. Of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my mom got them for me. I was so excited. Uh, but anyway, there are a lot of good ones here. We just need more. So yeah, composite yeah. SmackDown, add some more. That's, you know. But, but here's the thing. Beyond that, there's some fantastic work being shared. Always. As there is every week. Yep. Uh, and, and you know, I, I can't decide whether I want to go shoot more or, you know, dump my camera and go work at Home Depot. Uh, Home Depot, Lowe's. You should probably go work at Lowe's. Lowe's, <laughs> better benefits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jonathan, uh, beautiful photograph of an elephant in South Africa. Uh, that's wow. That's Sony A seven R with the uh, one hundred to four hundred. Hey, you should maybe you should look at those because you're getting old and can't carry a DSLR anymore. You should look at one of the Sonys. Well, that's a co- that's actually part of the uh, conversation for next week. Yeah. Although I will, I will never stuff. buy a Sony. Uh, Paul Fredrickson, Death Valley, California. That's a, that's a, look at shooting film. Look at Paul with Did a you? Pentax six by seven. I know Pentax six, seven. I love the six, seven. It's mm. like, it, it, I, he must've shot this at like one thousandth of a second. Cause anything slower than that, you're like whole camera shakes from the mirror. <laughs> uh, Tim Shoof. Thank you for that. Love the plane. I like Mike Waller's picture of the uh, typewriter that says, please don't play with me. I'm old and delicate. And he said, I couldn't help but think of our favorite podcast host, Jeffrey Sidoris. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's good stuff. Uh, Lots of really good stuff. I think this is going to be a fun one. Hey, uh, Jason Peterson. Nice portrait. Yeah, really. Uh, I was actually just one light, one shot. That's real nice. Yep. Um. Is this a series that, uh, yeah. Okay. Here's another from my one light, one shot portrait series, also known as badge photos. I, you know what? They would be lucky to have a photo that good on their badge. Yeah. So don't, don't, uh, you know, don't discount that. Those are, those are terrific. I put, took, put uh, I took Conrad's, um, uh, passport photo with nice. a, uh, with, a with, with a soft box like yep. last year or the year before. And, and, uh, yeah, you can do it, do it. At uh, home. John Dilworth, I love that portrait of this woman. Please tell me this is like an English woman on the way to a horse race or something. This is, I love this. Oh, look at that woman. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. Keep them coming, John. She's Those putting are on a show. Right. Good. Put down that camera. <laughs> you, sir, do not have my permission. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, some some good stuff. Uh, okay, gosh. Uh, Rui? Macara y Castro. Okay. Is that, am I, am I butchering that? Uh, I think it's about as close as you and I are going to get. Macara, Macara, Macara y Castro. Rui, Macara y Castro. I hope that's yeah. okay. Uh, really, really good stuff. Love these. Love the use of bokeh. Uh, I don't, are these crab pots? What are these? These, these. these Sorry, net, you, you love the use of what? The bokeh. Uh, bokeh. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, apologies to Kai Wong from uh, from Digital Rev. Yeah, so good stuff. I love the uh, the Freddie Clark turn to clear vision of the little the little uh, uh, viewing apparatus. Yep, yep, yep. That's that's cool. I like the toning that you did on there, Fred. Um, 
Or maybe you were trying to focus and this was after you visited Sierra Nevada. Who knows? <laughs> Could go either way. Uh, yeah. Man, remember those weird like little binocular things? Do I they do. they really need to be that big? Probably not. I think they were that big so that, you know, people wouldn't walk off with them. Or you people know, thought that they were worth metal. putting a quarter into. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so keep the uh, please keep the composite smackdown pictures coming. And this week we're going to add one in there. What do you think of discarded? Discarded. OK. Yeah. It's discarded. Sad and depressing. I like it. Doesn't have yeah. to be. I guess it could be very happy. Could be. Uh, Just about to find out. Discarded. Got it. And then we're, uh, you, you found a terrific crit wall selection. What do you, you I did. Lead this off. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk about Jim Martin's picture, uh, which is of <laughs> a man jumping out of a bullfighting ring. Yeah. Uh, as, as he should be jumping out of a bullfighting yeah. ring. Yeah. Uh, b- beautiful picture. Uh, man, I don't know that I have that much to say about it. I mean, you could argue that he he put it square. I don't know if the original image was vertical or horizontal. Yeah, um, I, I would like to see more off to the right of the picture. I'd like to see this action taking place in the left third. Yeah, okay. Oh, in the left third. So see where the where the where the guy's going. Well, either that or no, 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 no. I want him in the left no, third. No, I want to I see mean, where I mean, the bull's what, going. That's what I went when I said yeah. the guy's going. I meant the bull. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I could see that, or even just crop it down so it's basically just the bull, him, and the red fence. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's something the, about the top the, doesn't need it. Yeah, it's you already we, in shadow, so it it it's kind of distracting. Assuming for, for the moment that this image is wider than we see, right? Mm-hmm. What if you cropped it? Not to like a two by three landscape, but almost to like a uh, like a, a widescreen sort of. Yeah, somebody uh, Gardner somebody else commented. Yeah, Gardner commented. Okay. Try a sixteen by nine oh, crop. Yep. See, there you go. I, I yes. think that could work. Yeah, it could um, work. I think I think I would love to see just a little more off to the right. I I would maybe come down just so we lose that back red fence. So just, just to the base of that on the left side Yep. Yep. and, and extend that right side out just a tiny bit more. Yeah, I the, think it, it might have a little more. The, the top is distracting and yeah. doesn't add anything. If anything, it, it lessens the sort of impact of the, yeah. the graphicness of it all. But man, what a great perspective. Sean. Yeah. Great oh, shot. Jim. Sorry, Jim. What a terrific perspective. Great shot. Uh, uh, it, let's see. I, where was this? I'd even like, I could even pump up the contrast or saturation of scooch too, but that just would be me. I don't know. I like, I like, I like seeing that red vibrant. (laughs) Maybe I'm just so used to washed out. I'm so used to seeing pictures like this shot on Kodachrome that that's kind of what I'm imagining. You know, I think it adds to, for me, it gives us a little clue into, into the age of the ring, the age of the arena. Yeah. I could go seeing that, that, that fade just a little bit on the red and such a young guy doing it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's good. Anyway, Terrific good, good shot. shot. Yep. Very, very good. Uh, what's next? Um, yeah. we have another one. Oh, that's it. Oh, uh, I, yeah, I've been following a ton of new people on, okay. on, uh, the Instagram and Sasha Gusov or Gusov. Gusov. I don't know where the accent would be. Sasha Gusov. Anyway, uh, terrific pictures. He's got a lot of different types of stuff in his, in his feed. He's got some portraiture. Um, he's got uh, color black and white. Uh, Sasha Gusov. Let me get in there. Yep. See him. Not, not a young guy. No. Older fellow. Um, 
but really interesting takes on on portraits and he's you know you can go to his website it's gusov.com g u s o v.com he's been shooting forever yeah been shooting a long time does a lot of terrific work with silhouette and really deep deep shadows which i know we both we both tend to kind of like if they're mm. done well uh, look at his music series on his website here let me let me paste this in here for you yeah, we will put Where it. Where he uh, just lets things go to black, and and it's it's just very dramatic, very cinematic. Some good stuff in there. Okay, I will put a link to that. So a little little bonus well. in addition to the photographer of the week. Yeah, this guy's good. Yeah. Ah, uh, flash website. Right. Gotta love it. <laughs> so, with 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 audio. Right. It's got sound effects. So classic. Good for him. So, yes, ma'am. Photographer of the week. Inspired a little bit by you and I talking about briefly your new project. Yep. And, uh, and uh, you, did, you got a book of his, right? I got a book. I got a book. Uh, uh, Tim Walker is our photographer of the week. The book is called Pictures. It is uh, published by a company called Tenoyas. It is a gorgeous book. Uh, there's another one. I wish I could get this book. It's called Storyteller. I think it's out of print now. Uh, but pictures is, is the work in pictures is absolutely beautiful. Um, but it, the reason it made me think, uh, or you're, you're talking to you reminded me was some of his stuff is very dreamlike. He's primarily a fashion photographer, but his work is very complex in terms of setup. And a lot of the things that you would think would be composites are in fact not composite. Yeah, he's doing he's doing them for real. Yeah. Yeah, he's building these enormous practical sets or building these giant props to include. Yeah. Um, nice, just, nice budget when you can get it. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so I, I find his work really fascinating. I've been a fan of his for a few years now, and uh, it, it's it's just there's a there's a dreamlike quality to his work, and yeah. especially as a fashion photographer. Fashion is usually so slick and produced and crisp and bright. And Tim's work is sort of the antithesis of that or can be the antithesis of that. And despite that, he is wildly successful in fashion. It's, uh, it, it's interesting that even his, what he considers straight portraits on his website are very much uh, fashion. Yeah photos you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah there there there's definitely some production going on there they're they're almost portraits of characters not of the people yeah it's almost like he, he will bring in a celebrity and stick them in a caricature he already has created and take that picture you know yeah um it's interesting yeah i will yeah i'll put a link in the show notes to his new pictures the the the, the new stuff the weird super wide angle stuff yeah freaks me out <laughs> he's got uh in the portrait section he's got some terrific portraits of monty python yeah i saw those those are actually my favorites of all of his pictures i think yeah so fun yeah and the uh man crazy mirrors and stuff uh where's he london yeah I believe so yeah yeah, yeah. beautiful yeah um so there's a video in there of him shooting i think it's a video shoot I want to say it's Ben Wishaw, who's a, a, a British actor. I, I think that's what that video is. Um, and then there's an interview with him that's that's interesting of of him talking about some of his influences and and talking about kind of the people that he turns to for inspiration on some of his stuff. Imagine what it takes to get a horse inside of a building. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. 
Like seriously, like what? Yeah. Like how do you get permission to walk a horse on like 300 year old hardwood floors? Uh, you, you slippers maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, lo- lovely work. Uh, very, yeah, very beautiful. Stuff. Fun yep. stuff. Uh, so take a look, Tim Walker. And uh, I should have the review of the book done probably in the next week or so, but the book is called pictures and it's, it's really terrific. You can find it on Tenoya's. You can find it on Amazon. I, I wonder uh, what he's using for the super wide angle lens. Cause he, he's fine with all of the distortion, you know? Yes. Um, I wonder if he's upping the distortion or if the lens he's using actually has that much distortion and he's just working with it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'll have to find out. It's wild though. The, the perspective is, is, I don't know. It's this weird sort of, uh, did you ever see brainstorm? Uh, no, I don't think so. Which one's that? Uh, Chris Walken, Natalie oh, yeah, Wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that weird movie. The, the scenes that they shot, uh, Doug Trumbull was, was the effects guy on it and they shot it in what was affectionately known as Trumbull vision. Uh, but it's this really sort of distorted, um, not quite fisheye, but really at the edges distorts quite a bit. Uh, sure. But the, but the, the middle of the frame is, is normal in finger quotes. Um, but it reminds me of, of that kind of, that kind of work. Yeah. It's beautiful. So the, uh, Tim Walker. Right. good one, Tim Walker. Um, got anything else? Oh, I got plenty, but let's save it for the next one. Okay. Yeah, Shall we're we? uh we are exactly at it. You know what's funny? When we naturally do this, we almost always end up at an hour and a half. Really? We're at exactly huh. an hour and a half right now. Right on. Uh right. so if you want to get a hold of us, podcast at ontakingpictures.com, you can leave us a voicemail, 347-687-9411. Uh Bill Wadman, Jeffrey Sidoris on Instagram and Twitter. And uh and I think Facebook. Are you still using Facebook? I yeah, I'm on Facebook. Facebook. I have a regular Facebook account and I have a Bill Wadden Facebook account, which I never look at, but has like a thousand I people I don't even think I it. knew that you, I know you have your, your personal one. I didn't know you had a, a like a, is it a page? Yeah, I have a, oh, I, I didn't a, even know that. I have a Bill Wadman page, but I, I mean, I, I link over stuff that I post other places onto it. Hmm. Um, but it's, it's interesting because it's, uh, I, I never look at it, but it has slowly grown over time in ways that I, you know. Hmm. apparently there's 800 likes on it that i i've never talked about it at all so you know what i mean like it's there so eh. um but yeah. uh but yeah uh, uh so you, you got a new you got a new bill and dan coming up uh yeah well there's one last week uh okay. where we uh we talked about um the whole remember we talked about on the show people taking pictures of negatives to scan yes. them you know yeah so we talked about that and if you don't have a macro lens using extension tubes uh, to do that. So yep. we talked or, a little uh, about reversing the, ring. You can yeah. use that. And, 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 and a listener who was looking for really, really high aperture lenses. So he wanted like F 42 lenses because mm. of the pictures he wanted to take. So we kind of get in and talk about that. So anyway, it was a, yeah, good show. Cool. All um, right. Uh, new PD later today. Uh, it's not a photographer. It's a musician. Ooh, branching out. I like it. Branching out. Yeah. Including some samples. Uh, he was kind enough to let me use some, some of the music. Uh, and it's terrific. I think you're going to enjoy it. So it'll, it'll be up later today. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, and we will, uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Have a great week, everyone. Keep shooting. All right. Bye. Bye. See
this way Say what you wanna say Though I know your words will lay me out So I can hear you think out loud Going through your thoughts the way This way Say what you want to say I know what you will say Will leave me out But I should hear it said aloud Everything we tried to